When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppen Fractures. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Carpet and Fracas, powered by Touchline Media Group. I'm your host, Chris, and joining me this week to talk about all things the football club, I am joined by Peter and Yak. Gents, how are you doing this really weird Tuesday evening as we record? Um, yeah, I mean, we come off a weekend of one of the best games of football I've ever seen, end-to-end stuff, action all over the place. Shit rivalry, though, according to other fans, and we're on the heels of a second uh, leg quarterfinal of the Champions League. So, yeah, how are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Head's still spinning a bit from the weekend. It's, yeah, I'm almost not ready to watch like serious Champions League games, but yeah, it just comes past, part and parcel, isn't it? Now, yeah, man, that that game was like a roller coaster. Like, after that match. I felt like I broomed through like the wars, man. Like you know that man, <laughs> the range of emotions, man, felt like sad, happy, ecstatic, devastated. Like, bro, yeah, it was just madness. So yeah, man, just in the words of famous David, oh man, recovery. <laughs> <laughs> recovery. Honestly, I was so calm going into the going into the game. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like we'd lose. I was, you know. I was kind of thinking draw, yeah, I'd be a little bit disappointed, but you know, given the circumstances, it's, it's gonna be a good result, and we'll get stuck to that in a bit. But I don't know, man. Like as soon as the game kicked off, those first two minutes, the nerves kicked in. Got to thirty minutes, and I thought it was like, you know, oh, okay, cool. You know, half time's coming up. I was like, hang on a minute, there's another fifteen minutes left to play. Jesus, 
but um yeah man it's just 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 crazy what this sport can do to you man you have all the confidence in the world going into it and then um the fixture kicks off and you just kind of like hand in heart kind of you know hoping that nothing bad happens and uh yeah great game yeah, especially makes makes you appreciate it even more that um i i didn't actually watch the game but i was like I listened to a little bit of it on the radio of uh, Everton versus Manchester Manchester United, and whoo, it it could always be worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah imagine a lot worse. To Frank, Frank Lampard's Everton. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine the but yeah, it was it's funny one because we was actually we linked up Cop and Yak was there. We linked up um obviously at a bar to watch the game and yeah, just seeing everyone's like range of emotions like. Crazy, like you got like Farouk just shouting at Jota. <laughs> Anytime Jota got the ball, Farouk was just going crazy. Um, yeah, like Julian, that's just that's the first time I see Julian just lost for words. Like Julian was actually just really quiet. Like, so um, <laughs> obviously, you have Marco next to me as well. Um, yeah, I think when we scored, my drink must have spilled. Yeah, just <laughs> just it's just crazy, but yeah, good to link up with the boys as well, man. Nah, I'm glad you guys had a good time, man. Um, I, I do have to say, of, of course, you know, Touchline Media Network. We you know like to promote a few of a uh, few of, our, of of the cross pods. So do tune into this week's episode of Mugger because why those those boys are damn bad. Hey. And I'd like to I'd like to read a quote from the, the main man himself, Mario. Um, <laughs> if you need any motivation to listen to this pod, you need you need to listen to this. Of course, you know, happiness and enthusiasm are for sure healthy fuels for a mental burnout, but they are fleeting. Hatred, anger, and revenge are an endless supply, especially if the only way to get rid of them is by achieving a goal. I haven't ran on the latter in years. Need one more run. Come on, that's man. That's a classic. That's, that's an all-time player. Right if that kind of hater... Okay, I, I, me, myself, I woke up today and I thought, you know what? I thought the first thing I asked God was today, how can I be a better hater? And listening to that mugger pod, it made me be a better hater. You know what I mean? So if you yeah. want to be a better hater, listen to that mugger pod. But if you want to increase your credit rating, what you'll do is you'll head over to www.patreon.com forward slash cop and fracas and subscribe to the cop and fracas Patreon page for three pounds a month because it has now been proven by experience and credit score that if you sign up to the cop and fracas Patreon page, your credit score goes up exponentially. You won't have to cut out your Netflix or anything like that, and you'll be able to afford that free bedroom house that you've been looking at on um on Zupa and then man. If that doesn't give you enough motivation to do it, then I don't know what will. You got. Yeah, I'm going to cut the spiel there. That was all lies. But I mean, it might be true. I don't know. You know, it's worth a try. That, that little £3 a month comes upon your mortgage application. You know, the people see that you've got good taste, that you you know subscribe to Copper and Fracker. So <laughs> it is what it is. But, um, but yeah, Copper and Fracker's Patreon page is the only place to be for all of the best Liverpool FC content on the internet. So do subscribe from just £3 a month today. Of course, the game that we are here to pre not preview, to review the preview last week um is of course manchester city to liverpool to um obviously before we do kick into that obviously we previewed uh this game last week with premier league legend sean rife phillips and the support we got for that pod was absolutely fantastic um and again thank you all so much for listening to that pod and for all the kind words that we had record recording it um myself and peter harold and of course glam um had a lot of fun recording that part. I think Glam had more fun than anybody because uh, he was he was able to cook his cousin um, on the airwaves, which you know we all dream of growing up. And of course, when your cousin is a multi-millionaire footballer, it just hits even sweeter. So it is what it is from that. But again, thank you from the bottom Small of my heart wins. for all of the kind words and support in promoting that podcast. But onto the game itself. 
fucking hell, it was some game of football that wasn't it. And gents, I want to ask you both: did we just did we witness a contest between the two best teams in world club football this Sunday? Hundred percent. There's yeah. There's no. There's no doubt actually in my mind that. Yeah, Liverpool and City are the two best teams at the moment. I think they're the only two out of the so-called sort of big European clubs that could just sort of hand a slap into any of the other teams. Um, I think with all the others, it's sort of who turns up on the day more. Like they've all got quality, but they just don't. They just can't match the intensity of either City or Liverpool style. So no doubt, I think the two best. <laughs> I think. Do you know, I think they're definitely the two best teams in the world because um, these two teams, like, they're just going at each other and they're not retreating. Whereas if anyone else had to play each other... So if, if Chelsea had to play Man City, for example, Chelsea would have to sit in. Or, yeah, you see it against, like, us in the Caribou Cup final. They have to sit in and counter us and choose their moments. But you're literally just seeing, like, it's like a boxing fight. Like, and you're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Jab for jab for jab for jab. And no team's retreating. No team's changing their... T- like immensely changing their style. We're both playing a high line. Yeah, we have might have different ways to build up or whatever, but like both teams are just going punch for punch, you know what I'm saying? So and you're seeing both teams score, you're seeing both teams, you know what I'm saying, have good sequences of play. You're seeing both teams have um good moments of <clears throat> possession. So yeah, um definitely the best teams in the world. Um and yeah, the quality was on show, man. Like the quality was really on show. You you saw like players like Kevin De Bruyne, Seller, their moments of quality Mane, um, Jesus, even Cancelo, like, you know what I'm saying? Just moments of quality where it's just like Trent, where you're just like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? These are the two best teams in the world. It's not like a score, boring draw where you're catching each other out. Like, both teams really think they can win, you know what I'm saying? So, and both teams are really going for it. So, yeah, man, definitely, definitely the best two teams in the world. Honestly, I wish so bad that I could, like, remove myself from like supporting Liverpool just to watch a City Liverpool game, like I think that's, that's why. Score, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's why it annoys me so much when other fans get so sort of insulted when people talk about the City Liverpool thing, and I just think I'd give anything to watch a game like that that doesn't involve my team and everyone like, else. I don't know. If you're talking pure quality, like that's 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 one of the best you ever see, like in terms of um. Hundred percent. Like, now I'm saying our games. I remember the game in 1819 when Sane. I scored a winner again, another classic tie when we played them at um, Anfield. Another classic tie, this again, another all time. You know what I'm saying? These are like very like high quality games. And in terms of quality, in terms of what these guys have done, achieving 90 points, um, them achieving um, the Centurions, like us winning the Champions League, like these are definitely the best teams in the world. And their rivalry has been, you know, what I'm saying great. Um, obviously, where it lacks is that there's not like a, a hatred or like a deep, you know, what I'm saying. Um, hatred towards yeah. each other. So, if you want to say in terms of having a hatred or having like, you know, what I'm saying like um, needle in that kind of um, rivalry, fair enough. But in terms of quality and in terms of points, records, it's, it's the best for sure. Yeah, it, it would be a cup end part if I didn't compare this to wrestling at all. So, I mean, the the game of the weekend it reminded me of WrestleMania 12 main event Iron Man Iron Man match Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Just going blow for blow. The first forty minutes of that match are really equal, and then it ramps up in the, like the last kind of twenty minutes. Yeah. Of the match. No one wants to concede. No one wants to go for it, and that's kind of what this rivalry is like in general. It's not got that pure wrestling, right? Pure yeah, hoopers. <laughs> pure hoopers. 
you think about it, you got you got you got Bret Hart comes from the old school kind of discipline, the heritage runs deep. That's Liverpool, yeah. Then you got Shawn Michaels, the brashy newcomer, new to the block, got all the corporate support behind him by any means necessary. He's gonna win. You yeah. know what I mean? By felonious activities or not. Chris, that's naughty from you. Yeah, we need to talk about it. Chris, stick to the football. Look, 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 man. All I'm going to say is Der Spiegel. You know, if, if God if, if God ain't got me, Der Spiegel's got me. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, the they're work. the true haters in, 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 in football against Man City. But that's that's what that's what this rivalry just kind of reminds me of, man. It's just like two of the two of the best, two of the purest going at it bar for bar. And man, you just get some instant classics every single time they go at it. So you know, let's 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 let's, let's get stuck into the actual game itself and let's break it down. The tactical approach, I think, of both teams rather than 90 minutes are just so, so fascinating because, and Peter, Sorry, I'll start with you. Me, I, I want to no, give no, you flowers, yeah. I feel like, especially when we talk about these decisions, I feel like, I don't know, it's like maybe you got something like, you're like Klopp's like right-hand man. I feel like your decisions are always kind of close to what Klopp likes. Because <laughs> last week, you was talking about starting Jota, and then Jota actually started, and it's like, you said that because he's hard, basically the like, most informed forward, and mm. like, You'd want a chance to pull to him, which it did. He started, and I just yeah, like I give you your flowers. Like I feel like when it comes to those kind of decisions, I feel like you're mostly like spot on, or you're quite close to kind of how it actually plays out generally. But what was your even like your thought process seeing Jota start, and was you was you kind of happy? I love, bro. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll have to hide my Pep Linders mask now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just. But, but I, I want to talk about Jota in a lot more detail later on because I feel like he's been. The manager's been kind of pigeonholed into his selections, kind of going on, and it's 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 dead fascinating when you look at kind of a lot of the numbers and the details behind it, which I think would be a re- which I'm really disapp- I'm really disappointed that Mike's not on the pod because I think he would have really got stuck into this, but apparently he had a problem with his height up, so I mean he he couldn't attend this season. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean the tactical approaches of both teams throughout this game, I think, are, are genuinely fascinating. I think from the city side more than anything. I do want obviously, Peter. I do want to start with you on this. Um, the kind of the way City have kind of adjusted their style of play, um, in recent weeks to kind of not get beaten on the counter attack, and it did look like it was very much like a, a four four two formation that Pep just play. You you, know, you got you got Sterling and kind of Jesus kind of doing the disrupting up front, and then kind of like a, a blanket of midfielders where it it very much was Rodri and Bernardo kind of playing as the the, the, the DMs almost. Do you think that was a deliberate? Has he deliberately kind of implemented this style of play to stop Liverpool kind of going on the break? Because you didn't see the traditional kind of Liverpool style of play that we expect going forward. Um. So, in terms of playing that formation, no, because they have been implementing a kind of four four two slash four four three kind of information. Um. So, like maybe our position there'll be a four three three, and then in position they'll switch to four four two. So, and what kind of I noticed was that KDB was KD, it was KDB and Foden. And they were the two kind of forwards, and Jesus was playing right wing, and Sonny was playing left wing. And then, but what they did do was that, like you said, they kind of overloaded that middle, and they completely cut off Fabinho's passing lanes and pressed him to death. So obviously, in your Fabinho, you have Foden and KDB around you, and they're pressing you. Those are two high quality players pressing you. You know what I'm saying? It's not <laughs> easy for anyone to kind of play out of that. So um, yeah, they definitely kind of they knew that Thiago was obviously the main person in the middle that they need to stop so they kind of cut off what they tried to as much as they can kind of cut off the passing lanes from Virgil to Thiago or Fabinho to Thiago and 
what you saw from City was kind of funny because you never really see them go long as much as they did this game. So what they were doing, they were kind of um, they were making smart runs, like timing their runs really well, and they were kind of run off or maybe our fullbacks or like a space between I don't know, like a Trent and Matip and playing balls really quickly. So maybe runs from midfield from like a Foden or from like a Sterling and playing it really quickly. And normally I used to kind of see kind of like having like a slow build up, like kind of like methodical, you know what I'm saying, passing it around, patient. But City were actually kind of going direct. And obviously that's probably why they paid his use to make them kind of penetrating runs. So yeah, I think it was really, it was a really interesting game plan from them. Obviously, um, they knew that they probably, that was their best way was to get in behind us was with the high line. And um, I think you, you see other teams, the thing is you see other teams kind of do it. And you see other teams kind of trying to make this run and trying to um, break our kind of high line, but they, they can't because they haven't got the quality to do it. But see, so you actually kind of do. So you see that with the second goal, especially Jesus makes a fantastic run. And who can really pick out Jesus like that? You know what I'm saying? The Premier League. Only maybe Trent, Cancelo, KDB. Like, that's a wonderful ball. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, Cancelo has the quality to kind of pick him out. So, yeah. Um, Pep, you know what? Pep, Pep, got it. Pep got it. That first half, <laughs> Boldy, he done his thing still. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good... You got me. <laughs> good game, man. <laughs> that first half, that's some good. That's some good shit right there. Fair enough, man. No, that's. It's that's, almost that's like he's good at this football stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, like, oh, might actually be decent football. at it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's all right, that Yeah, but no, that's it. Like we, everyone talks about when he gets overexcited or overthinks stuff, but like most of the time it comes off. And like this was one of those games. Like Peter said, it's someone like City to like move players and then play passes into that space behind them it's usually sort of played in front of the defense up until sort of the the penalty box really um so yeah it was a big change from them um and i think they they nailed it really i think that was instead of just i think what other teams do is they just sort of play a singular long ball behind trent ish and someone Mm. will make a run in it and what city did is they that like pete said they added a couple more elements a couple of more runs before that and that just left Matip in a foot race with whoever it was. And nearly everybody on the pitch will beat Matip in a foot race. So I think it was yeah, it was the smartest thing for them to do. And they executed it really well. Yeah, I mean, that um, the Jesus goal, I mean, you, you look at that and you, you kind of think that is something 100% that they've been working on the past three weeks in training. Yeah. yeah. You know oh, they, I mean? They've been... They've been practicing for us for weeks. You you could tell like they 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 had a hot everything they did they changed a little bit and yeah yeah you could I think they've been <laughs> yeah we've been in their heads like it worked it like it kind of advantaged them but yeah they yeah, they've so, been waiting for this goal set pieces if they go direct from from a corner most likely Virgil and Matip are going to head it out right because you know what I'm saying they're beasts the yeah and we'll probably. Um, we're quite good at dealing with set pieces nowadays, so they know that they will go short and then put a book like and then make a late run and then put yeah. into the box. So like like another phase, they'll create another phase of play because it's not obviously if they put it straight into the box, we're most likely going to deal with it. So it's smart for them to kind of make it short and then go long, like you said, add another element into it. So yeah, um, smart with that. Yeah, really clever. And I mean, I think the most the smartest thing of all was I think this might be something that. I think if you look at potentially Bayern Munich, if we play them in the next round in the Champions League, we'll look to potentially try and exploit. Um, I mean, is that is that game going on now? Yeah, as we're recording, They're facing Villarreal now. Yeah, playing Villarreal now. Mm. That's a, that'd be a, a, a mighty encounter, man. 
Uh, Unai Emery, by the way, changed his entire team of the weekend to like the second oh, Villarreal. Yeah, so he's taking this very, very. It, it was a good team. Yeah, it was yeah, a good team. Well. Good team. What the hell? <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, I didn't even know that um, Villarreal had uh, had weapons like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like I thought right. it was just Dan Juma and you know. Um, and, and but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not going to say that word during the holy month. So, um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, the one thing that they did really well, uh, as, as Peter alluded to, that, that targeting of Fabinho, especially kind of within the first five to ten minutes of the game, um, you know, with their, the, the, you know, I give massive credit to City. One of the things that you know we do take the piss out of them a fair bit is their atmosphere, and it was it, they, they, their crowd was really up for it. I mean, it was kind of yeah. you know the the Anfield atmosphere ordered from Wish.com, but you know, hey ho, we can't all have the heritage kind of ingrained in there. But they did a really good job. Obviously, coupled that together with a really intense start, which is ultimately does see them get the goal. Um, and it kind of goes back to what Peter said as well. You target Fabinho, you stop him from kind of getting off those quick, quick little passes to Thiago, where he can start to really distribute the play. And again, it goes for Virgil too. Virgil with those cutting balls that you see kind of taking out to Salah or Mane in certain situations. So it really cuts off those those passing lanes and makes the backline panic, which was a bit of a weird one because I, I thought it took at least a good 15 minutes for Liverpool to adjust to as well. Yeah, for sure. I think what surprised me, I think as Trent, probably the best passer on the team, his first two passes, he lost the ball. And I was thinking, whoa, what the hell here is going go. on here? here go. <laughs> you, know, like, you know when your best pass loses the ball, you're thinking, whoa, okay, we might be a bit rattled here. So yeah, I think it definitely took us a while to wake up. You saw it for the first goal. Fabinho kind of let um, Kevin De Bruyne run, run past him too easily. So, yeah, we need to wake up for sure. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the players were genuinely shocked by the atmosphere. I think uh, not not to discredit what City done to like knock us off of our flow in it, but yeah, I think the atmosphere well caught our players off guard. Yeah, it it, it definitely did. To be fair, I mean, can you look look at look at the tactical kind of way that we we looked at the game too, very much. I bet it's kind of we don't we didn't create as many chances as we normally do in our everyday games. I think that, you know, we create something like what Peter, you'll probably know better than me, but something around about 15 to 18 chances a, a, a game in terms yeah. of shots on and off target combined. I think we only had this kind of like six today, something like that. Yeah, and then four of the shots were on yeah. target, which was bloody impressive. Yeah. And that doesn't even account for the Jota one on one, which he. I'm still livid. I think you should do better there. And that weird yeah. Trent one where he tries to chip it from from halfway and he kind of slips over. <laughs> which was, um, <laughs> which was I, that yeah. I saw the vision of it, but again, it was kind of like yeah. you know, it's um, frustrating because on a, he'll do that against in like some four nil win next season, and it's yeah. like nah, not then <laughs> now. Like he's gonna do that against. Let's say he's like I don't know, like Luton get promoted or something. That's like a hundred percent gonna happen <laughs> next season. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean. The way that we play through the lines, especially second half, um, obviously the pass from Salah to, to, to Mane, where he's very much playing off the shoulder against Carl Walker, giving him something to actually think about, which I think both wingers did way better in the second half. And again, that nullified City's creative outlets from those specific areas. In terms of Liverpool's game plan, obviously we saw it go to absolute complete shambles over the first 10 minutes of the game. But I think through the gradual phases where we do have our dominance over, over the match, especially the second half where we go for a good 25-minute spell where we kind of thought we were going to nick a winner or get that goal. Do you yeah. think our tactical approach to the game was was right and in line with what you, what you envisaged? Or do you, do you think we did a little something a little bit, add a little bit of extra sauce onto it, you know what I mean, for a special occasion? 
Um, you know, the one thing I like about us is that, like, I think Gary Neville said it right on um, on commentaries that like, we're like we're, we're a street fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like we're rugged. Like we're, we're not going down. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you might give us one two blows, but like these players, they're smart. So on the pitch, they'll kind of find a way to kind of get through. You know what I'm saying? So the first 10, 15 minutes, they weren't awake, but once City scored, we was awake, and we got onto um City. And one thing I even Pep even said like he didn't like was that um they they as soon as um, they scored, they retreated because obviously they like they wanted to protect a lead and we got onto them. And you're seeing that like the players knew that um they couldn't really um get through City in terms of like um how we normally would maybe and we use switches to kind of um quick switches. So we switched mm. so the first goal, um you saw Thiago do an absolutely phenomenal switch. Oh, Trent, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, he's done a yeah. phenomenal switch to Trent, and then Trent done another switch to Robertson. You know what I'm saying? And then Robertson puts a ball in. So again, those switches again, like those we worked out during the match that like that was a way we can um get through City. And even the second goal, it came from a, a Van Van Dijk switch into Trent, and then Trent's played into Seller. So um yeah, I think our players like they're not down and out, man. They're street fighters, and we have so many weapons and tools that we can use in a match. So. Uh, and our, our attackers, they're so smart and they're, they're so clinical. So, yeah, um, it wasn't a great start, but um, we, we got into the game and um, we, was, we couldn't play any worse. You know what I'm saying? That's how I saw it. We couldn't play any worse. So it was always, always going to get better. Yeah, I think as well, I feel, I feel silly for being so nervous sort of at half time now because we know that we, we never have two bad halves yeah. sort of behind each other. If we have a bad first half, we'll have a good second half. So... Yeah, I think yeah, we we show good mentality not to just let the occasion run away from us because it was quite close to. I think if if the half had sort of been ten minutes longer, um, I think City would have created a couple more chances. And to be honest, we're very lucky that when we scored the second goal because it couldn't have been a more perfect time. Literally straight after kickoff. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, we we were really lucky in that sense. But then we took, I think we took hold of the game after that. So kudos yeah. to them for switching it around a little bit and sort of being a little bit more direct. I think what City were doing quite well um, was forcing the ball to be a foot race with Walker, whoever was on that side, um, because that's, Walker was that's pushing up a lot more than he ever has the whole season. Yeah, and he was like tempt, they were trying to tempt us into it because yeah. like that that would be the easy ball. You look and you see space, but it's not really that sort of space when it's him. Yeah, it was because it was like a, it was deceptive space as well because you always Laporte was always in that area too to kind of sweep yeah. up. And I thought he yeah. had a really good game too. Um, yeah, for sure. Do you know? Do you know what was interesting about that battle is that City they have so much possession, like they had quite a lot of possession, and like. The way they play it was kind of like um, obviously they keep the ball and they were kind of kind of trying to cut through us, but with us it's like um, our equaliser is that we have shooters, so they were creating chances yeah. at will and they were kind of um, obviously having a lot of the ball and playing like these nice kind of plays, but like anytime we went through they looked shaky as well. So it's just like <laughs> two, like one team is kind of having like they have like a more of a methodical kind of pass somewhere and they can kind of create good sequences. And we can literally just do one switch and boom they're looking shaky. So it was like it was like a team one team who has like great technical players and more of a technical team and then one team is just full of shooters. So it's like an equalizer in terms of just one team are full of like eight and another team is full of shooters. So yeah it's a really fascinating battle. 
the team for eight, I think, is is genuinely interested. Um, I, I want to touch on that a little bit later on. But I think he, he, I always think it's a bit cliche to say, you know, but you know, it was a game of both halves. You know what I mean? Both teams had a, had a sentences had, yeah, had a sentences in in either part of the forty five. But this is literally the personification of a game of both halves. And 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 Yak, I will come to you on this one. Not only a personification of a game of both halves, but I think it's a bit of a you know a metaphor for the season so far for both clubs you look at it City's inability to kind of put away chances and you know ride off into the sunset you know with the league title kind of wrapped up and done and of course you know like like Peter alluded to earlier on Liverpool's kind of never give up attitude you know like that kind of you know never say die we will always fight towards the end and you know we're leaving with something mentality just just talk to me about the kind of how the game just perfectly encapsulates both seasons for these clubs yeah, honestly, you couldn't you couldn't write it. You couldn't have like the the two games, especially this season, have mirrored each other so well. I mean, we got off to the better start, uh, and we were ahead of City at some point during uh, and top of the table. Um, and we played that home game. We took the lead. They caught up. We took the lead. They caught up. The flip happens this weekend, and we're the chasey. So it's like there's so many things in a row that were the same and it is literally it's yeah it's just going to come down to and it's going to be so frustrating for whoever misses out it's just between us it's always going to come down to who slipped up against the team they should have beat it's as simple as that um and i'm actually in a weird way we should have we sorry not we should have we really wanted the three points but it's kind of yeah it's nice to know that we're, we're sort of square um in 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 the season's games because it's it's not nice to think that they beat us twice or so or they beat us once and we drew and then they just lost to someone crap that they didn't deserve to lose against it feels a little bit cheeky but this is like a proper fight to the death and yeah it encapsulates the whole sort of last five years perfectly no it really does because it is it is literally by the barest of all possible margins and again you see through you see through in the contest you know from, from even down to the xg I mean, it's it's so yeah. razor filled, it's so close. It's just it's it's absolutely crazy. That took me by massively by surprise, by the way. I yeah, was kind of thinking, really looking sure. yeah, I thought it was give like three, you know, three for City and like what one point four for us or something like that. Yeah, just, honestly, took me by surprise. We had more than them, didn't we? Only by like ten or something like that, innit? By like ten or fifteen, but we had something more like, like that. Yeah, because yeah. again, like obviously that that because obviously Jota doesn't get the shot away from that one on one. It doesn't filter into the XG calculations, so if the potential is there for it to be way higher, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, and obviously, and again, offside goals we, as well. We talk about, we talk about look through seasons count, as well. Right? I'm really sick and tired of Kevin De Bruyne getting deflected goals against us. It's so oh, annoying God. because the XG, the XG for all of them are like 0.02. It's like an absolute piss it's so frustrating because you can't, you can't even be that annoyed at him. He's not a very dislikable player at all in it and it's <laughs> I said not. this I said this the other day because obviously that video came out about he's kind of like a you know he's, he's pre-match day routine where he was like you know saying goodbye to his kids yeah, getting yeah, in the car I'm and there. stuff going to McDonald's on the way back side of his seat it's hey, like honey. brother I, I, I want to hate that guy in it but he's such a likable person and he doesn't help there's a top red as well so you know top red Kev De Bruyne yeah, yeah he's favourite player was Michael Owen or something like that innit how random is that that's it but, 
Yeah, but like, yeah, you can't be mad because he his performance did deserve that. Like, he 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 was on the day. He was actually he was incredible on the day. Like, oh, um, God, he's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> if anyone thinks Kevin De Bruyne is washed, then just just watch that game because yeah, like when he gets the ball, who's driving with it. And the thing about him in transition, he's just an absolute beast. Like you can't when he starts getting in full stride, you actually can't stop him. And we saw in when he would get the ball on the halfway line and turn, problem, big big problem. I think you saw <laughs> Robertson got a yellow card take him down. Van Dijk got a yellow card taking him down. Thiago got a yellow card taking him down. So, again, all three players had to take one for the team just to take him down. So, yeah. yeah. He's so, like, deceptive. Yeah, he's, he's so deceptively good when he's running with the ball, and he? He's like, it's, you, he turns, and you think, that like, he's not going to get away from him. And then the, yeah, the, you just see the defender struggling, just thinking, like, what limb can I use to stop this geezer? And, yeah, and he's away. is that at the end of the transition, he has the quality to make the pass as well. Like, there's a yeah. lot of players who have that physical kind of um, capacity to kind of maybe they're quick or they're powerful, but he actually has the quality to kind of, um, yeah, make the pass at the end of it as well. But yeah, enough Kevin the Brennan pros anyway, man. Yeah, I think it's what, like, we say, like, with his passing ability as well, it's, he, he doesn't need to get the ball from out of his feet, which I think is such, like, a skill and it's so useful for catching the defences a little bit off guard or just getting that extra couple of inches the defender can't get there. But, yeah, the, the, his ability to sort of just, like, pass mid-stride, I think is just, that's, yeah, that's incredible. And I think that's what probably makes him the the best in that sort of passing department, to be honest. Yeah, un- un- unbelievable player. I can't believe uh, at one point people were saying that Ozil and uh, Pogba were better than this guy. I mean, oh, nasty man. Agenda, Again, it's, it's, it's the same agenda. clubs, man. Heritage club to football, you know, trying to maintain their, any relevancy they have at the current moment of time. So <laughs> it's sad. It's sad. Um, it is very sad. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, I want to one quick, quick just from the performances of both these men right here. They uh, honestly two of the biggest linchpins of this Liverpool team, and two of the best players that I've ever seen in their positions. Um, not only in Liverpool shirt, but in general. Um, obviously, the first one is Liverpool's number four, Virgil Van Dijk, and then the other one is Liverpool's number one, Alisson Becker. Fuck it, out. They are both just absolutely fantastic players. Talk talk about the difference just having them two in the team made at the weekend because. It was really funny, obviously, when when Sterling was kind of one on one, and Virgil did the you know the, the the rock gift, the aura. You know, he literally stopped Sterling with his aura, which I thought was quite funny. And just Allison's just general command of his area, just the having the presence to be calm when 
the entirety of the back four was confused because you know Fab was getting like you know pressured into submission. Just his calm head and obviously some of the fantastic saves and just general presence that he has as well. Talk to me about their their, their performances in the game. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk on Allison. Maybe um, Yak can talk on Van Dyke. Allison, we're forgetting as well. The first maybe two three minutes, he makes one v one save for Sterling, and yep. again that's a big big save. Obviously, we concede mm. a couple of minutes later, but um, yeah, yeah. the XG of that's like. Uh, 0.4 so I think he puts it in the clear category yeah mm. honestly Sterling was 1v1 and Allison, he, he like I always say is he superpower that 1v1 it becomes basically a, a not really a, a good chance because he gets out so quickly and he smothers Sterling and Sterling's got nowhere to kind of shoot so yeah it's a great save and just Allison, like it feels like to beat Allison, you have to do something special and I love that. When you have a keeper where, you know what I'm saying, you really have to do something special to beat him. The first goal is a deflection. Second goal is a crazy finish from Jesus. Like, literally hits the crossbar and goes in. And you can't say the same for the opposite number one or opposite whatever number is, Edison and the other end. You know what I'm saying? Edison fumbles that Josh that you probably should probably save. And you know what I'm saying? But to beat Edison, you have to do something special. And he's just a, he's a great, great goalkeeper. Um, yeah, he saves, us, he saves us so many times that it's almost normal. Like, he saves number 1v1s. No one talks about it. You know what I'm saying? Everyone just forgets it. <laughs> Everyone literally just forgets it. Like, it's so normal for Allison to save us. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's fantastic, man. Yeah, yeah, I think those two at the back is, is such... It's, it's, oh, it's, I can't even speak the words to describe how different it is watching it's Liverpool fine, yeah. play. Just, with, just, just, just what he's done there says <laughs> more than words could ever say. Honestly. Oh. <laughs> it's true. Oh. It's like, <laughs> no, just compared to what we used to have to go through, man. Like even when we were good in the past, we still that was still always that lingering sort of Spursy aspect of the team where it's like someone could just fall over, someone could just kick it at the keeper, the keeper <laughs> could just forget where he is. Like it was yeah. just part of watching Liverpool, and it's yeah to have um, I think the composure side of it is is the biggest biggest thing even if they weren't as good as they are at football which they both are magnificent footballers their composure just gives us such a base to work from and it is so easy to forget um how much that defensive prowess has been the foundation to our success everyone sort of agrees it's um assumed it's front to back and it's the front three that sort of drags us through everything but that was early doors and since we've been succeeding and being very close to winning a lot of trophies. Um I think it's yeah Allison and Van Dyke probably the most important part of that. Chris, Chris, did you see Edison and Jota um you nearly let it go over the line? Oh I forgot about that. Bruv and Edison he did not slide he did not crack nothing. He was so calm. He just passed it like along like yeah whatever. Like he's not normal. Edison is actually not like Edison I don't know what he's on like. He's sick that, in the head you know. <laughs> that smiley face just says it all on his neck. That smiley <laughs> face thing. He's not normal. He done it so nah, calm. You, you like, look at him. If you, if you saw a normal man on road yeah with an emoji tattoo on his neck you'd be like they, they're not right. You know what I mean? That's not normal <laughs> behaviour. Let alone for a Premier League goalkeeper. And this also furthers my conspiracy theory that Manchester City got magnets on the uh, on the goal line. Because this shit just consistently keeps happening where the, the, the ball what? is so close to going over. It's just been repelled. This is ridiculous now. <laughs> he did, normally, a goalkeeper in that moment, they would slide because they kind of panic that, oh shit, the ball's going to go yeah. over. He doesn't even slide. He just, yeah, passes it back to Laporte. Yeah, whatever. So I meant to do that. That's right. Whilst the entire ground is like, for fuck's sake, would never do yeah, that again. He's got the mouth <laughs> and the hearts. 
<laughs> I'm real. But, I, I I couldn't believe that. I, I yeah. I even looked at the um. I even looked at the uh, the picture of it. The still after it's like just a, again razor thin margins. Like we're talking about these games. It's like just oh my god. It's just yes, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Um, I want to talk about the 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 enigma, not the charismatic enigma, not Jeff Hardy. We're going to talk about Diogo Jota. Um, because I think. You know, for what Peter alluded to earlier, I think he's put Klopp in a little, little spot of bother. Um, you know, obviously yeah. in regards to his goal scoring form, I think he has to be kind of the one, one of the first names in the team sheet. As you know, he's guaranteed to get these big momentum, momentum shifting goals. Obviously, when he gets it back to one one, that's a big momentum shift. We've seen in the past few weeks he's either got an opening or closing goal in terms of the contest. But I look at the knock on effect that that's, this has with the rest of the squad, and especially with the midfield, because. You look at the aspects that you know make Roberto Firmino excel in that false nine position in terms of linking the two units together. It's a lot more fluidity. There's a lot more out out balls in terms of being able to play out from the back. And I think that would have been a really good kind of pressure valve reliever for when Firmino was coming under a bit of pressure there. Do you think that you know with Jota being in the first in the team sheet, it creates a little bit of a problem for the way that Liverpool have to set up and manoeuvre now? They don't have that same kind of outlet they do with you know the traditional false nine in the system yeah i think it, it's gonna cause us to really change how we play over the next few years as bobby sort of gets phased out and jota becomes that guy um if he stays that guy you never know but yeah i think the the goals are something we should all be so grateful for but it yeah i am very very worried that um because yeah, he he's very good in sort of tight space one twos, getting out of tight areas and things like that. But the play has to be very close to him, um, and the way our front three traditionally score a lot of their goals is fast, direct breaks, are sort of like one two touch passes. But they're not always just little round the corner one twos. A lot of the times they're across the pitch, back across the pitch, back across the pitch, um, and those passes jot are like. Just can't, like, I don't want to sound harsh, but he just can't play them passes. It, at the moment, it just isn't a part of his game. So I'm, I'm very interested to see if Klopp um, develops a new way of sort of playing with him that sort of removes him from those situations where he's being a, a fulcrum or a centrepiece to how we build a move when really he sort of needs to be at the end of it which is, yep. is where he's so good. Um, so, yeah, it's a proper conundrum. Um, and I do wonder whether Diaz was bought in mind of that, that you're going to need someone that can... Um, I mean, Mane is still an amazing player. Like, I love him so much. But Luis Diaz probably has the ability to take it round more players at the moment. I know Sadio could do that before, but Diaz can do a lot more of the, the build-up work. Sadio sort of has to play... Um, he passes his way like he is. Uh, people don't really think it, but Sadio, when you see goals that he scores, assists that he gets, it's, it's through a lot of passing. It's not like beating four players and tapping it. He's 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 that him and Robertson have very good build up on that side. But I wonder if that left hand side is going to be sort of pushed inwards, sort of a little bit closer to Jota, so that Jota can get on the ball in the D outside the area. Um, hmm rather than sort of in the Firmino area because we need to get him away from that because he can't do that and 
if he can't do that now, he probably won't ever be good enough at that for our team to sort of be revolving around it like it did with Bobby. So, yeah, so I think it's a proper conundrum, but I trust them to solve it. So this was the really odd thing. Um, obviously, before the before you got the the injury this season, you could see all of that as all of those aspects kind of really coming coming together. All the pieces of the puzzle were really. I don't know why I said that. It weren't really Yu-Gi-Oh then. All the necessary cards to form a <laughs> cards called now. Um, yeah, I, I've got my own head there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you could see all of those kind of little different things kind of forming together, the link up play, the hold up, the little quick one twos, being able to kind of have asked attributes, not to, to the full extent of that full, of, of how Roberto Firmino does it, but you can see how you could parlay those together and get the goals too. But since he's come back for the injury, it's been a, just a little bit of a it's just been all a bit chaotic. The first touch has been off and he's just way better kind of being within those posters ranges or just kind of within the box really. So it's going to be interesting to see how we deal with that going forward. And and Peter, I'll, I'll kind of come to you. Is this where, when we talk about the evolution of this midfield, that this needs to kind of change? So I mean, there's, there's, there's kind of two ways we can go, you can go about it. And I think I said this to, to, to Mike earlier on in the week that there's two ways you can do it in terms of if you want to evolve the midfield to kind of be the false nine as a unit, if it were. So you can have your normal raw dimension number eight, who can drive the ball forward and get into those areas, kind of keep defences guessing, pop off long shots or kind of link up play at the edge of the box. Or you can kind of have that, you know, Lucas Paqueta type in the midfield who can kind of do a little bit of everything, drop back and be the attacking kind of silky kind of player. Do you think that that's something that Klopp might change in terms of being able to nullify the negative aspects of uh, Diogo Jota's build-up? Um, yeah, I think you're kind of seeing it already. I think you're kind of seeing Army Field evolve already. Um, players like Thiago, players like um, Elliot, you know what I'm saying? They're kind yeah. of being involved in midfield. Um, and you know what? I, I disagree. I, I think Jota can actually kind of work on it because last season, I don't think he was as bad on the ball, like you said. So I do think he can kind of work on it. Um, I think Yak was being nice. I think this season he's he's reeked off the ball. He's been absolutely stinky. Mm. <laughs> so some of his part, it's not even like his pass selection. Sometimes it's just off, and it's like, bro, why would you pass to that person? When another person's free, and like he kind of swings a leg at it, and it just seems really lazy. So, um, but yeah, there's way the way there's ways to work around it. Like I look at players like Abamyang. I look at players like Vardy. And these type of players outside the box, they're not really doing much at all. Like outside of the box, you don't really see them on the ball. Well, what you do see is that you see like another player, like maybe like an Odegaard, or you see like a Tillemans, and they get on the ball a lot more. Madison, they got on the ball a lot more. So yeah, I think you probably do need to kind of ask your central midfielders to probably get on the ball a lot more and maybe dropping them holes. So maybe you might ask your left-sided eight to drop in those kind of so like you see how Leicester used to play Madison back in the day. They they play Madison off the ball as, as an eight, then on the ball as a ten. So you might ask one of the eights to kind of play in the hole when we have the ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then Jota J- doesn't have to focus on um, coming in the hole. He can, he, um, whoa. Jota doesn't have to focus in... Jesus. Oh, my God. They're going to finish me. Yeah, Jota... <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> so, yeah. Let, let me, yeah, Jordan doesn't have to focus on playing. What was that? 
Yeah, Joe doesn't have to focus on playing in the ten row and can just so solely focus on getting in the box. So yeah, there's there's ways around that, but I don't think it's as problematic as people are saying. Um, like yeah, um, is saying we should be grateful that we have a player who can score these chances. Like against Man City, we looked like you know what I'm saying, we looked out of ideas, and then Jota pops up with a goal, and you know what I'm saying, it's one one, and we look good again. So yeah, um, right now he's our most informed attacker, and. My thing is that I wanted attackers that have different profiles. Not every attacker we should have should be amazing on the ball. You know what I'm saying? Some attackers should be just absolute shooters. You know what I'm saying? Some some attackers might be dribblers like Diaz, like Mane. Some attackers might be shooters like um, Salah and Jota. You know what I'm saying? And then you have other, like Firmino, who's good and he can hold a ball. So we have different profiles in the attack. And I don't, different games require different profiles. So I, I'm not too worried, you know what I'm saying? If we, As long as we continue to um, switch up and play the right profiles in the different games, then I'm glad we have all these options. Yeah, well said. It's really uh, it's really strengthening my, I mean, Guiri case, by the way, of uh, having somebody who could kind of come in and do, the, uh, do some of the false nine stuff whilst kind of coming off the left too. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, you know how I feel about that guy. I was looking at the goal returns though. He's kind of like slowed it down with the goal returns, didn't he? A little. Yeah. Never used that. that, that I mean, that you look profile at... is so hard to find. I think Arsenal looking for it. May not are looking for it. Like that having a false nine that can also score goals. Boy, it's difficult, man. <laughs> it is. Boy. I think it's just not existent though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you want a false nine, you kind of have to kind of have the caveat of okay, cool. We need really to boss, you know, wide forwards. And that's why it would, you know, that's why it works for teams like, you know, Rebel Leipzig because they've always got really kind of decent wide forwards and stuff like that too. So they can afford to play like a, a Danny Olmo as a false nine, and kind of just for example there. But yeah, man, if you're if you're if you're a top of team now, like you look at Arsenal, the one thing that's really holding them back is just not having a number nine. It's like yeah, even just 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 for argument's sake, let's say if you put I don't know Ivan Tony up there, they're probably doing a lot better because that's one thing that Ivan Tony can really do quite well. He's a bit of a throwback in that in that regards, but. You know, you just need someone to put the ball in the back of the net and be really alert in the situation. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's what that's what makes the sort of the next. Uh, I'm assuming over the next couple of years, we probably buy someone that can play on the right, that's left footed, yeah, um, and I, that makes it so interesting to see what kind of player we buy. I think Jota will be a big, big part of that. If in if in a year or two. Um, He's he's like cemented. He's he's the guy. He's our nine for the next however long he wants to stay here. Then I could see us going for more of a a, a playmaker, playmaker yeah. right winger, um, which would be really Anthony, interesting. Anthony, help, Anthony. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see someone like nice and yeah, so direct cute. and yeah. I was yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. though. Did you last see the the price tag they put on him? Apparently. How much is, is it? it? Like seventy or something. Jesus is Lord for what? Yeah, none of that. Bro, That's I, not I, Ajax I, prices. I like I like to say Anthony. You know what I mean? But I mean, I'm not paying. <laughs> the, I'm not going to have Liverpool pay the privilege of seventy five million pounds for me to just do meme content. So, you know, um, I think that money's <laughs> worth investing somewhere else. To be quite yeah, honest, but I want to touch on the midfield performance very quickly because it's a weird halfway house at the moment because. I don't particularly know if we're overreacting to kind of how bad the midfield was, Thiago aside for certain aspects. Since, you know, like we've alluded to earlier on, City do essentially play with a team of of, of, of number eights to, to, to a regard, especially even with their fullbacks. I mean, you look at Cancelo and you think, okay, cool, that's basically a number eight for all intensive purposes from those positions. 
Or do we think it's just a little bit, uh, you know, a, a problem of something a little bit more systematic that we need to look at addressing in the summer in terms of, you know, kind of getting the athleticism up and bringing a bit more of a new player profile into the Liverpool squad? I think... Um, um... Yeah, go on, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think it's important that we do eventually add another dimension because, like Peter said, with the forward line, it's nice to have different options for different situations. I mean, we're we're a perennial Champions League team, so we're we're playing fifty games a season against a lot of different types of teams. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's difficult to say who because realistically, we're not going to sign loads of midfielders it's probably going to be one maybe two if the right deal's there so choosing between that sort of like two or many sort of style where it's another player that can win the ball back a lot but has that box to box that's sort of my temptation at the moment um but yeah it's 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 interesting to see what direction they're going to go because we're really looking at the henderson replacement i guess um, mm. It depends where they see Elliot playing. It's, it's difficult to say. That's the thing. Who knows? Jones and Elliot, their stocks could be higher than they are now or, or a lot lower than they are now at the end of next season. And that's going to have such a big um, sort of say in who's going to be in that sort of free with Fabinho for the next few years. Yeah. I'll, I'll chip in there. I think we are kind of overreacting because... <clears throat> I do think these deficiencies they only show in really, really big games. Like we yeah. were more than equipped. Like for other fans, the Arsenal's, the United's, we got more than enough to kill you. Like, bro, like relax. But like when it comes to Man City and these like semi maybe semi-final finals, like I think our deficiencies in midfield show a little bit. So like your Henderson's obviously hasn't really got the technical level to kind of cope with um Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, and also athletic as well. I didn't really like the way Kevin De Bruyne was spinning away from our midfield. So that kind of physical presence, even Thiago looked at... Thiago out of the three probably looked the most tenacious. which is actually yeah. insane because he's, <laughs> he's he's obviously the shortest and he's probably the most slender. And he gets such a hard time for being kind of this weak kind of... But he was probably the most tenacious out of that, front, out of that midfield, midfield three. So I do think... In those high, those really high high quality games, I think we are kind of missing that physical presence that could really like a two or many that could stop maybe the brain out or that could you know what I'm saying go shoulder to shoulder with him. So yeah, um, and also, go on. And also, go on. I think also playing out from the back as well. Um, technically, we didn't look great. I felt like when the ball went to Thiago, I was confident about him playing at the back from. But when the ball did go to Fabinho and Henderson, I felt like. They weren't as confident. Obviously, they were getting pressed by high-quality players, but they weren't as confident from playing the back. So, like I said, it will be difficult for, to find someone who's got that physical presence and can also play under p- pressure and can also progress the ball. But, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not the greatest scouts in the world. And I just have one one worry. I was just thinking about it. I was in gym, just, you know, as, as a crazy football fan I am, I just think about Liverpool and just thinking about the games and oh bro don't, I, don't worry that happens that happens <laughs> to the best of us i was in a meeting last week and it was like an hour-long meeting and for some reason i was just thinking just sitting there thinking what would it what, what would happen if tiago didn't play at the weekend what would he go with yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably with him Kato, but um yeah it's just a small concern obviously i do love Fabinho, and i think he's had a great season um he's had he's phenomenal for us but i just do think in certain big games recently i just think he's looked a bit lost and I only say this because I look at the example. Obviously, I go back. The first round I noticed this was against Real Madrid. And obviously, that has mad circumstances. He was playing with um, Reese Williams, Quebec, blah, blah, blah. 
against Madrid, against Casemiro Madrid, he, he just looked a bit lost. But that that midfield three, fair enough. Um, against Chelsea, both times this season, I don't think he's had these best games. Fabinho against Kovacic Cancer, they seem to give him like a bad day. And against um, City, the first time round, City again this time round, he just again like he. I don't know, maybe it's because he's kind of isolated by himself and they're kind of using this kind of ploy to kind of isolate him and cut off his passing lanes. So maybe we might have to put Thiago closer to him in these games or something like that. But I just think in big games, I'm kind of worried about him. And I feel like um, he might be kind of like a, not a weak link, but teams are looking to kind of target him in these big games. I'm, I'm just not sure why. Hopefully it's nothing and I'm looking to, into it a bit too much. But yeah, I, I don't know what you guys think about it. Yeah, I think, I think that's interesting, but... I think another thing is as well that we've we've got to remember with those like deficiencies we see in the big games, especially like with Fabinho, is like say if we win that game that Jota scores that chance that he swung out with his left leg, the City supporters sort of think, oh shit, like maybe maybe it don't really work having like attacking eights and just Rodri gets a little bit swamped and like. I've, like, because because it is only these sorts of games. It's it's uh, to be honest, it's Madrid and City, the only two midfield that can make like sort of Fabinho and Henderson look and that Chelsea. out of their depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Now the Chelsea one is a shout as well, but yeah. that's that's those teams' strengths, and they're the other best yeah. teams in the world. It's like you're like, right. Do you know what I mean? It's like five percent, ten percent of teams in the whole world. But I'm just looking at it. It's like I'm the type of person who looks at performances. So, yeah. performances, you know what I'm saying? If we don't win these games, and um, we do win these games, like, I'll still look at the performance, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I'll just wear worried. But you're all right. It's literally, like, two or three teams in the whole world that can kind of do this. But, yeah, Chris, what do you think? I think it's a weird Fabinho and Henderson thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, they kind of can't play together in big games, if that makes sense. Because, like, the, the isolation yeah. thing, and you, you, expect, you expect Henderson to kind of pitch in a little bit more, but... He's kind of so entrenched to doing that job on the right-hand side, which, you know, kind of goes within the, the kind of formulation of what we want to do. Yeah. It just kind of factors into that a lot. But I do agree with the broader point. There's no way. I mean, Kovacic is a very good player, but there's no way he should be absolutely dominating us in no. every time because every single no. time we play Chelsea, we're all Jewish yeah. players. This this is I feel like I feel like it sounds like I'm just saying this because it means Navi would play more. But I I do feel like against those sort of teams that like City have Rodri, um, but that that just matches up with Fabinho. That's that's the big six. But these other teams sort of do have that profile of midfielder, the sort of like the the Modric, Cruz, Kovacic, Kater, Thiago sort of midfielder. So I would I would like to see us sort of go with two attacking eights in bigger games a lot more. Like it, I don't want that to be the case because it means Henderson doesn't play I love Henderson he's a, he puts his all in he he played all right on the weekend <laughs> so but, we're, we're moving past Henderson basically yeah. we're kind of evolving past Henderson that's, that's what we're kind yeah. of Henderson, Henderson should be playing like two games a week isn't it yeah. and it plays it plays into the Jota thing as well because you, you can't have like Jota Hendo Fabinho all sort of in the middle of that pitch when we're trying to dictate a game against players of the same calibre as them if you know, I mean, we, we need to yeah. create that advantage in the midfield in the big games. And I, I, yeah, I think we, we sort of need to buy with that in mind. Um, so that's that. That's why it's interesting whether they go for a backup six or, or, or someone else that's similar to that sort of Nabi, Kaita, 
I mean, Nabi, Tiago, sort of little, quick on the spin, sort of those sort of midfielders that can turn and go, like De Bruyne's, Silva's, Kovacic's, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it all feeds into each other over the next couple of years. And I think that's what's going to be very interesting is the sort of tactical evolution of this team because there's so many elements now. And if you think if, if Elliot and Thiago start those big games by the end of next season, that's very, very different from Henderson, Milner and Genie. Do you know what I mean? That's that's a very different kind of midfield. And it's, yeah, it's, inter- it's going to be interesting to see how we work with that. I think it's really interesting when you look at the types of midfielders that we've been linked to kind of recently over the past few months. So, you know, kind of Bellingham, um, Tushimani, Gavi from from Barcelona. They're all kind of like really young, athletic, robust midfielders. They can do kind of multiple jobs. They can interchange. I mean, you know, uh, Yak, you really, you hit the nail on the head earlier on when you alluded to Tushimani. He's that destroyer, but also a really good box-to-box midfielder. You know, he can he can win the ball back and he can progress it really well, drive it 10, 15 yards forward, he, which he could do as an eight and he could do as a six really well. So he's got that interchangeability. Gavi, I don't know much that I don't know much about, and I'd be lying if I said I did, but I know he's whenever I've seen Barcelona play sometimes, he's looked really electric and a really good player maker again. Young player kind of fits into that kind of way we want to kind of evolve the midfield. But again, Bellingham, there's just kind of you know, you, you see what he's about. How he can how he can evolve. He plays. He, he can play on any kind of position in the midfield. Um, so yeah, it is it is dead interesting to see kind of how we've been linked to all these different midfielders. And again, we talk about that need for more athleticism from the middle. And again, we've always kind of signed players, especially in midfield, that are really robust and can do a variety of jobs. So it's going to be dead interesting to see how we deal with it. Even more interesting to see how we deal with it in the transfer game. Uh, this this summer as well, coming soon to the Patreon page. Yak, it's going to be your first time on the uh, on the transfer know, game I'm as well. Excited. Look excited I'm for that. Excited. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I won't, I won't stick you with a crap team either. So um, I'll, I'll keep my word on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's going to end up with Yarmolenko, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Taki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also going to be interesting to see what happens with Curtis Jones this summer as well, because um, yeah. I think it's kind of it's been very much make or break the last few weeks in terms of what happens with him. But again, we'll speak we'll speak more on kind of potential ingoings now goings uh, when this crazy campaign is 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 um is all wrapped up. I do want to talk about the performance of Mohamed Salah in this game before we kind of move on to, to some of the other topics. And I'm really curious to kind of see what you guys both thought of his performance because. I generally thought throughout the contest that he, you know, he adjusted his game really well, played to the occasion, and second half especially, I thought he was just he was, he was absolutely fantastic. He doesn't get the goal, but he provides a fantastic assist to uh, for, for Mane's goal, and he's a constant threat throughout the second half, especially too. Yeah, I think obviously apart from scoring one of his trademark Salah goals, it was a. Uh a classic Salah performance, the sort of the getting back and, and filling in for other players, not just looking for his own space, looking to support the whole team, the shape, and then trying to get on the ball early in the build-up, not just sort of walking around like, come on, when's someone going to set me up? He was playing like he'd been scoring, if you know what I mean. He didn't look... some Sometimes when he hasn't scored, he's looked like he's just waiting to score a goal, but he he sort of knew he had to get involved and possibly be the guy that set someone up, which he was. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a classic Salah performance and it's nice to see 
um, that he's still very sort of in 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 a, in a good place with the team, um, and that he's still very willing and he still understands the big moments for us. Um, and it's nice to know that he's going to be there for the rest of the season because that's that's just the first of all the big games. It's just the first one. Yeah, I think what you saw was Salah in his playmaking bag. I think City done well to kind of um, not let him get in front of positions and not let him get into the opposing box too much. Obviously, they probably worked on that. You know what I'm saying? Salah's the best player in the Premier League, so they definitely worked on not getting him into front of positions. But he said, OK, cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to get into my, you know what I'm saying, bag of um, tricks and I've got lots of weapons in my arsenal. So fine, you're not going to let me into the box. I'll create chance for others. And you saw that. Um, he created... Um, a ch- great chance for Jota, and Jota probably should have bagged, and that's that's a yeah. fantastic ball. And then the the goal for Mane as well, fantastic ball, great. Ball. Oh, that's, oh, that's you know lovely. So, and he even mm. gets away from Cancelo a couple of times. As well, I think Cancelo kind of struggles. It's actually not he doesn't struggle. It's a good battle between the two, but he gets away from Cancelo a couple of times. So yeah, I think it's a it's, it's a good performance for Salah to kind of build on. And now we kind of look to him probably to get some more goals and kind of kick on every season. But yeah, I think a performance from that—it's just—it's a good performance for him to build on. And yeah, it was—it was—it was, it was, a, it was a really I, I like—I enjoyed his performance. That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's the first time I've enjoyed watching him play. I think, I, 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 no, I can't remember who we played, but there is one game actually that he played played all right in since I've gone. But yeah, that's the first game where I've sort of been like, he's not just a—he's not just a goal scorer. Like he—he is—he is more than that. Like he is the be, the best player on the, the planet. Leeds, not... The Leeds game was probably the game that. Yeah, yeah I think it was actually yeah. yeah, and it, and it is yeah. You you just remember that he's such a a clever little player. He's not just a, a poacher. Like he, yeah. he's yeah, his his touch, the way he can just create angles, and he's not a bad passer. In fact, sometimes he's a, good, he's he pulls a great off, passer. Yeah, he's yeah, a, that's he's a great it. Great final third passer. I think people yeah. underestimate how good he is, especially in that fact that that last pass. You want him literally on the end, making either taking a shot. Or get get an assist, and people yeah. underestimate his playmaker ability. Sorry, Yak, but yeah, he's a great pass. No, no, hundred percent. That's just exactly what I was getting at. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's he's so much more than just a poacher, and hopefully he can he can stay in his playmaking bag and put his his shooting boots on at the same time. And Sadio Mane, hey, that was a throwback performance. That eighteen nineteen Sadio that we saw that got Player of the Year. That was that Sadio. They call yeah. it Sadio washed, man. If that's washed, I need more of that, man. I need more of that because <laughs> that was a bloody performance. He was hooping. He was getting it yeah. from deep, going past, man, bringing people into play. The finish as well. First time finish. Beautiful. Mane, I think him and Thiago are probably the best players on the pitch for me, but Mane especially, he, what a performance. Yeah, it's it's so it's so nice to know that the, the whole rebuild isn't going to be sped up by sort of Salah and Mane's demise and even Bobby proving in the last few weeks that he's still got he's still got game in him and it, yeah it's really nice to see that that front three when it comes down to it towards the the arse end of the season there are there are biggest players out, out obviously outside of the sort of Van Dijk and Allison but they're they're if if Trent can be as Trent as he likes but it it's the Mane's and the Salas that being clinical, even throw Jota in there. It's them being clinical, Bobby doing his link-up play. It's that that gets us over the line. Um, and it's so nice to know that they're, they're all sort of fit and firing, even if the goals aren't going in. They're not going in, but their performances just keep getting better. And it's just, it's just such a, a clock Liverpool anomaly. You just don't get that with other players at other teams. And it's, yeah, it's really good to see. 
Yeah, it's definitely good to see. And again, I kind of feel like the theme of robustness goes back into it. You can see how, you know, both both Mane and Salah can adjust their game and use their different attributes to kind of really excel. And it was definitely showcasing uh, this evening too. Just looking at some of the scores, I can see the Bayern have, uh, have, have scored. There's um, obviously Lewandowski adds another one to his Champions League goal total. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I don't know. It's 2 0 Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Real Madrid's watch might be fake, you know. Yeah. They're yeah. um, in it, man. But yeah. Um, that looks not looking great there. So, yeah, some good games going on at the moment. Um, need to hurry up and finish the pod so we can kind of catch the tail end of these games. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing's really changed at the moment. Still one point between both sides. Just really quickly, how do you guys kind of really see the rest of the season kind of progressing and. Do you think um, what do you think is going to happen? Boy, I don't have a clue, man. I, have your, I can't tell you I have a crystal ball and I can tell you what's going to happen. What I can do is is is, is hope and pray. Word to Mavado, man. <laughs> hope and pray because um, yeah, let's 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 hope that we that um, City can drop points. I'm confident us winning our remaining games, but I can also see City winning their remaining games too. So, man, hope and pray. Word to Mavado, man, that these men drop some points. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, re- I really, really, really want to think the quadruple is still on, especially the title. That's that's maybe the most important one out of the four, um, possibly debatable. But um, yeah, it's uh, it just feels so unrealistic. It feels like I'm just wishing it into existence by saying, "Yeah, City will drop points. We won't. Calm. Yeah." But you never, ever, ever know, and. Philippe Coutinho's he's got something oh, left please. in him. They're fucking he's shit. He's got something Villa left in him. Villa are so shit. I don't even want to hear yeah. that yet. I'm sorry. They, Villa are not good. I'm telling you, yeah, they might lose 4-1, but Coutinho will bag a screamer. <laughs> that does nothing for us, though. I, yeah, I know, but for five minutes. <laughs> Chris, talk to your bloody Wolves man then, please, for us. Please. Yeah, I'm, Wolves I'm, is probably I'm call, the biggest one, be, isn't it? Don't, don't worry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be calling a meeting. We're gonna have a serious sit down, and we're gonna say, "Look, you're not only playing for you know the pride of Wolverhampton, you're playing for the pride of the Premier League." Okay, yeah. me and Bruno gonna sit down. We're gonna hack this out. You know, I'm gonna be like the I'm like the Jay Prince of um of, of Wolves. Uh, you know what I mean? Bring everyone <laughs> make make Raul do a video before the game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need see that Jimenez dagger. That's what I need. You see that like yeah. 85th minute Jimenez header. Oh man, no, no, no. I need I'm, that. I'm, I'm I'm filthier than that. I need a quick Max Kilman bullet header, like no first minute. <laughs> That's a Max Kilman. He's probably got like one career goal or something like that. That's where. Nah, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I want a, a corner headed out, Matinho, bobbly shot, deflex in. That's <laughs> that's like it for that, me. Oh my god, Madrid! Oh my god, I've actually bottled it. Three 0 Madrid. Bottled it. No, Alonso yeah. just scored. Oh. But yeah. Anyway, let's 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 go on. That could I work out better for us. You know what I mean? I think I feel like we need City playing a lot more engaging games. I think those that, if if they do play Chelsea, that'll be you know quite a, you know a mind draining. Damn it! Yeah, I mean, two legs. Fighting terrorism across the across, across the quarterfinals and the semifinals. You know, playing you know, Diego Simeone ball and Tuchel Taliban ball. I mean, good goodness me! I wouldn't want to be in that position at all whatsoever. But um. But of course, we do have our game tonight against Benfica. Um, no real major team news. Everyone seems fit. So obviously, I just want to see what you guys 
who you guys would play um, heading into this game. Obviously, we do have that two-goal advantage, but I think Benfica will probably come out a little bit kind of hot. They, we saw what damage they could do kind of last week in, in certain key areas, whether it was that was the power of the... Um, I can't remember what their stadium is called, but you know it's got a really good raucous atmosphere. It's one of the places that I'd, I'd really love to go. Kind of in, in yeah. the future, it looks like a really good time out. Anik went last week. He looked like he had a really good time. I think more, that more had the contribution of that he was sitting in the away end, was able to shout at Salah. So I think that kind of had more of a contribution towards it than anything. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, man. I mean, we saw what Darwin Nunes can do, but. Well, how do you guys see tomorrow going and and what players do you see kind of coming into the squad? I think it's it's going to be a strong team because Jurgen Klopp's our manager and that's what he does. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm wary of what Benfica will do, uh, can do. I heard Rafa Silva's injured, which is big bonus for us because um, he's a good little player he is. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, it's not going to be easy, easy, but I think if we make this, the standard changes that we normally would do, so probably like Kanate in, maybe Gomez at right back or Simakas left back. Um, I, I kind of want to see Thiago Naby against City in the FA Cup, just to see, just to see. So I'm, I can't really decide who I'd probably play in the eights. It'd be nice to see Jones though, because I think, these are the sorts of games that Jones can really take a hold of and it'd be nice to give him the confidence boost before the end of the season. But I think it'll be... I don't think we're going to play that hard, to be honest. I think we're just going to play the game out, just take it easy like it's a friendly game and just sort of take the sting out of the game and and hit them if they come too far forward. Madrid, Madrid goal got disallowed, by the way, so we're, we're still alive. But um, I mean, Chelsea goal, <laughs> Chelsea goal got disallowed. Sorry, so we're still alive. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be, it should be a mix of. Um, I think a lot. When we was at the cop end um, bar, everyone was saying that we should rotate the team fully, but we can't do that. It's a yeah. Champions League <laughs> round of sixteen. Yeah, Adrian that's, that's craziness. Julian said. Oh, Benzema hit the post. Um, Julian said we should play Morton, Connor Bradley, and I, I think that's so rich coming from Julian because he he can't stand the bloody academy. So yeah, he, he's a, he's a, he's funny, but um, yeah, I think it should be a mix. So the likes of Jones should come in, Diaz, Firmino should come in, um, Penalte should should be in a team. Um, so yeah, maybe Shimkas, but that's probably about it. And then maybe put Henderson in the six, Jones, KR. Yeah, you know I'm saying a team good like that should be able to beat um. Yeah. Benfica at home, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, something like that. I want to see. I'm interested to see what you want to do for your front three because I, I feel like this is a game where you probably do rest Salah. You probably do need to play him against Man City in the FA Cup game. I play Mane Man. right wing. Yeah, Mane right wing. That's interesting. Mane came off, didn't he, against City? No, it's, it's an interesting one for sure because from, from that, for me, I probably go. Diaz, Firmino, Mane. Yeah, which, I agree. Uh, which, which, would be, which would be good, man. And I, I really, I'm really interested to see, obviously, Mane on the right hand side with Trent as well. Because I feel like that could yeah. have like a sneaky good relationship um, on that side of the ball. But yeah, man, it's, it's going to be an interesting one for sure to see how it goes. Um, I fully back Liverpool, obviously, to, to kind of finish the job out. You know, Liverpool, as you know, as attested to by Sean Murray Phillips last week, that unfilled atmosphere, man, it's no joke. You heard it from, you know, one of one, one, someone who's experienced their first time being in, you know, those those heritage ties that people are, you know, holding on 
clutching to their you know, clutching their pearls over so closely that you know it's the only chance of relevancy. You know, he played in those wars, man. So you know, you heard it here for you heard it here first that those are that's for that atmosphere is indeed alive and well. But but yeah, man, I think it's gonna be a good game. Real litmus test to kind of how we see out the the tie too. Hoping that we can yeah. kind of grab like an early goal, make it a bit of a dead rubber affair from, from the go, really, because I mean Lord knows that the game over the over the weekend was an exhausting one, both physically and mentally for the players. Uh, even though, you know, kind of last 10, 15, looked like we were the more likely to score and kind of go for it. So, so yeah, man, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I don't think there'll be any big surprises um, in terms of, like, you know, seeing like an ox turn up or whatnot. But, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. One other thing I do want to touch on before we kind of sign off is that Liverpool have reportedly agreed a fee with Tottenham for Fabio Carvalho. Good little youngster, man. You know what I mean? I'm re- really kind of interested to see kind of how we're going about our recruitment from that age range, and that's the kind of 15 to 18 range. You know, we signed the, signed the lad from uh, Celtic as well. Ben Doak is apparently supposed to be pretty good. I believe there's a Canadian guy as well with um, signed too. Yeah, looks, a, I think there's an well. Irish kid as well. Yeah, the Irish kid is supposed to be pretty good. So, so yeah, obviously Liverpool kind of looking sign all these like unheard of wonder kids as they were. They're doing the old football manager regen, kind of seeing how these kids are going, bringing them into the squad. But I mean, the the, the one we've got the most kind of footage of when we've seen him live is Fabio Carvalho. I mean, seeing him in this free flowing Fulham team, um, he just looks he look, it absolutely, looks absolutely fantastic. Praise primarily is a attacking midfielder, carries the ball, and you know, in terms of his championship. Championship ways and what I saw from Grealish in the Championship, they look quite similar, you know, in in the way that they operate and how they bring the ball forward. But um, but yeah, how are you guys feeling about that um about that transfer? Oh, honestly, so yeah, I'm so excited to see him play. Like you, you know, you know, it's a good signing. When I'm not eager to see whether he's good enough, I'm fully confident in that. I just can't wait to see where he plays. Like I'm just I'm excited to see where we see his future in the team, whether it's sort of on the left, in the nine, or an eight. I think, yeah, it's just another signing that offers us flexibility, which is, yeah, I'm, yeah I can't wait to see him line up in pre-season. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as Jack. Jack got it spot on. I'm just excited to see um, where they, obviously, because they've signed him, they obviously see um, him playing in our team in a position that we probably haven't, like, we, we obviously don't know yet. So where they obviously they 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 fit him in, I'm excited to see it. He just when I so I haven't watched him much. I watched him in a game when Fulham played Man City and he actually scored in that game. Harry Wilson actually created a goal for that game as well. Yeah, my boy, um, my boy. Yeah, so um he just he looks silky, like close control, can go past the player, good finisher, um, can create a goal, has an eye for a goal as well. So he could play, he could play full slide, he could play on the left wing, he could play as an eight, so yeah, I'm interested to see what he can do, man. Bring him, bring him in the team. Let's bring him, bring him to death row, man. Let's see. And low risk fee as well. That low risk fee, yes. I really like that. If, Love if, that. If the fee was like a lot, I probably wouldn't be down for it. But because the fee is so low, and that means the risk is low, I'm I'm completely down for it. So yeah, the, the fee is, is great. There's something different. That, something that hits different about you know. Uh, a young player that's got really good dribbling skills and you know can carry the ball from deep too and create a lot of goal scoring you know kind of opportunities and kind of get into those good goal scoring areas. So yeah, man, and he's also got, helps he's as got well a good he name. He's quite well. He's, he's he's got a good name. Any a youngster called Fabio Carvalho, I love that. <laughs> I don't care if he's <laughs> any good signing. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's just Luis Diaz, Fabio Carvalho. It's true, man. If you you know, if you're gonna make an attacking from three, you're gonna you wanna make it a little bit more a little bit saucy, you know. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. you know. Maybe man like Jared Bowen is changing, you know, to, to, to Bozinho. You know what I mean? Jared Bozinho. <laughs> something like spicy, man. Some, something spicy. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how he kind of integrates the team. I think, I don't think you actually have to change that much about how he plays. Um, but yeah, uh, like, like Yak said, man, I'm really looking to see how this guy kind of comes in in preseason and uh, kind of makes a step, makes a makes a good sake for himself kind of day one really so yeah it's gonna be gonna be really interesting but that so we've got time for him, man um last word no, no no last word for this week because if we do the last word that means that you know the ride's over and the ride's not gonna be over from now on you know what i mean we're gonna keep going the la- the last word will come last part of the season where you know we'll either be celebrating glory or be drowning our misery you know what i mean but about the boys to do to, to keep up. The, I said it the other weekend. I'm a I'm a little bit disappointed they out of our hands, but now I've had a bit more time to think about it. Liverpool as the person to push push the agenda as opposed to set the agenda, I think are always in a better position. And I truly yeah. do back these boys to go the full distance and keep their end of the bargain. And we are owed a little bit of love from the football gods, man. Like we like we saw at the weekend. Kevin De Bruyne, nice deflected goal, comes off of the post as well. I mean, come on, man, how much luck do you need? So, you know, Liverpool are due a little bit of luck, a little bit of favour from the football guards in, in in the upcoming weeks. And, you know, hopefully they do deliver on their end as well. But, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm fully confident in the boys. And, you know, no matter what happens, yeah. I'm really I'm really proud of how they kind of reacted in that game too, to kind of bring it down, you know, kind of keep it on an even springboard. So, yeah, man, let's just see how the season unfolds and, you know, there's always going to be that top quality content and top quality reactions here from us at Cop and Fracas. And if you do want to hear more from the boys leading up to the preview of the Man City game and more, much more of the bespoke content going forward, do head over to the Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Cop and Fracas and sign up from just £3 per month. The link is in the bio to this podcast. But yeah, man, um, that's been an episode. It's been an episode of something, that's for sure. Uh, thank you very much to Peter and Yak for joining me this week. Uh, gents, fans, pleasure as always to break everything down LFC-wise. And yep. yeah, uh, we're going to go off now, watch the uh, rest of the Champions League games, see what's going to be cooking and what's going to be shaking for the semi-finals, see who Liverpool's potential opponents could be. But Come until on, next man. week, stay safe and we'll see you soon. Peace. Yeah. Podcast Network.